1: Get ready to take a free ride in a fancy car! It's time for Must Have Scene TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guide, Brett White, also known as the drag queen, Barb Hardley. And I'm also, also, a senior reporter, producer for Decider.com. And welcome to Thanksgiving! And say hello to the charred yams to my soupy stuffing.
2: Ethan Kay. Hi, Ethan. Hello, What's up? Brett. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, two weeks early. We're recording this two weeks before Thanksgiving. Or We half, gotta or. start doing some Thanksgiving episodes. I apologize uh, that we haven't, we haven't recorded in a little bit. I was in Chicago, um, which is a beautiful town with amazing food. We had a family event out there and we spent a couple days... Honestly, working from a hotel room, they upgraded us to a fancy hotel room. Uh, and believe it or not, I saw nobody else staying in that hotel. Oh, wow. Very, very creepy. Uh, but the service was great. <laughs> they upgraded us to like a fancy two room suite with a giant. And I became belt.
1: the bartender and I'm still there. And I've been there
2: <laughs> for a hundred years. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd haunt Chicago. Chicago's like, all kinds of haunted. I like I like the shining i love the shining i like
1: the shining it's a
2: good movie uh I saw the show, a... I, i've seen it twice like just on a tv at home and i'm like oh that's a creepy movie but then uh nighthawk cinemas in williamsburg a couple years Ooh, ago yeah. got a print of it and sitting in the theater let me tell you it is 10 times creepier than just yeah, watching a, it on a television it's... Very much a movie with about ambiance,
1: and I feel like if you're in a theater, you're only experiencing what's on the screen because you're not like in a comfortable, familiar surrounding. Yeah. So it's a a lot more immersive. The soundtrack,
2: Um, especially, there's like there's there's like low, yeah, like like low hum throughout a lot of the scenes, and it's really disturbing.
1: But now we are, you know, talking about another family holiday, Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, also on on Twitter, um, we had a uh, chaotic rambler added the podcast on Twitter and pointed out uh, about the previous episode, the Kate and Alley episode. Head of the class with Christopher Lloyd is an absolutely fantastic episode of amazing stories, and I do recommend it. If the description intrigued you, it's one of the spookiest, funniest episodes of the series. So now I want to watch that uh, episode about Christopher Lloyd. Uh, he was playing a teacher and, like, I think students were trying to get revenge on someone, I think was the premise. Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> um, um, I appreciate, we appreciate
1: the, the feedback. Yeah. And I think that Amazing Stories is streaming on NBC.com. So if you, like, get the NBC app uh, on, like, on Apple TV or app, I have the NBC app and it is streaming through there with commercials. There's, like, a treasure trove of weird like um, who's the boss or uh, no, Charles
2: in charge Charles streams via charge. that. So uh, a, a series know... that, yeah, the cast has kind of gone off the rails. All of them, right? Wait, well, the, the Willie Ames, right? He Willie was Ames. Bible man. He, he became Bible man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a superhero that fights evil with armor of God and also choice Bible verses and fighting literature Uh, the the biblical (laughs) and and then now i know i don't know what he does probably does conventions as bible man i don't know mall appearances that's that's right yeah I mean man. and then scott Bayo is is uh, Scott Bayo is Scott, scott Bayo has now uh, kind of tarnished his reputation by some things he has said and some political candidates he has supported yeah that that happens with a lot of our uh,
1: our old uh our, a lot of our friends. I mean, we can get into that today a little bit, not with not political stances, but with the acts of physical violence on live television um <laughs> but but, yeah, but, but bef- before, before we, we start get to
2: that. <laughs> yeah, before we start i I wanted to ask you, what are you watching these days? <laughs> So the two uh two
1: uh trains of thought. So one is for work I every year review as many uh TV uh holiday movies, Christmas movies Ooh. as possible because I my love of Christmas and my love of bad movies both overlap in this joyous time of year. When in fact some of these movies end up not being not being bad or being uh Self-aware enough to be actually, like, fun. Like, the one that I reviewed that aired last night, The Royal Nanny on Hallmark, which I was like, I need to watch because, oh my god, I need to just find... Uh, but these like the the premise, the log line was like an MI5 agent goes undercover as an as a nanny at Christmas to protect the royal family. And I was like, I have got to see Hallmark's version of an MI5 agent. <laughs> and then I watched it and I and then I was like, this is actually if. You did an episode of Alias, but on like a Hallmark budget and for the (laughs) Hallmark audience, because there is a love story, but it is sincerely terrorists are plotting to like attack the royal family <laughs> uh it starts with a chase i actually there was a mole inside the royal family inside like the house and i was like i don't know who the mole is it was it turned was out like, well <laughs> i was like i don't understand how this made it on a hallmark and and this is a the recurring thing that i am noticing with the hallmark movies this year another one i did was lights camera christmas which was at a production of a Christmas movie in a small town loses their wardrobe supervisor. So a local, uh, vintage, uh, vintage clothing seller and fashion designer has to become the wardrobe supervisor for this Christmas movie. And I was like, Oh, well, that seems fun. And then I watched it and I was like, this actually is, uh, it's not told linearly. There's a framing device of all of them at the debut like screening, of the movie and it takes place at a panel Q and a. And so like their answers are the acts of the movie. So I'm like, that's interesting. And then, uh, and then like it said, a lot of really interesting things about like career goals and being too afraid to like make leaps into like doing New York. Wasn't the villain in this movie, like actually like moving to New York or LA was the thing was was like the goal and it's almost like this is amazing so anyway that that i've been doing that um and then also and we can get into this a little bit with today's episode the thanksgiving sitcom episodes are hitting differently this year just because i'm uh prone to depression and seeing all of these adult characters my age going home for the holidays and like seeing family or like having family uh is uh, uh touchy for me right now so I was like what can I watch over the weekend because I got very depressed on Friday night I guess I don't know I mean, what can I watch and I was like ah the Planet of the Apes movies which in my head <laughs> are Thanksgiving movies <laughs> um because I think I watched the first Planet of the Apes for the very first time at Thanksgiving and so therefore it's always been associated and I so I bought I love the first one and I've always loved it and I know it inside and out but I've never really paid attention to the four sequels and so I've been doing that And so I've just I've watched Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And so I still have to watch Battle for. And I am. I mean, like, I'm surprised by how good uh, Escape
2: from and Conquest of are. They're kind of a forgotten sci fi franchise that lasted a long time. Yeah, they're they, they definitely have their mark on pop culture. But, you know, if you talk about maybe the top 10 sci-fi franchises, most people, I think, would forget Planet of the Apes. Yeah.
1: And I want to uh, also point out action franchise led by a gay man and multiple gay men. Because Roddy McDowell, famous Roddy homosexual, Mc- um, is Cornelius and then Caesar, Cornelius's son. And then Maurice Evans, famous homosexual, also Samantha Stevens's oh. dad on Bewitched.
2: I didn't um, realize that he was in it.
1: Uh, yeah, he is uh, Dr. Zaeus oh shit yeah he was was on on batman 66 he was the puzzler yes and i love the puzzler (laughs) because because of that (laughs) um and and then also sal Maneo, a like old hollywood gay actor is the milo the scientist the third uh chimp in escape from the planet of the apes that lands and he's the one that immediately dies and they like that so he's the one that like basically like lets us know like oh shit is getting serious <laughs> but um apes but <laughs> escape from planet of the apes is kind of like pretty woman planet of the apes because there's like a there's of course like a fashion montage on rodeo drive when cornelius and zira go and get like 70s clothes and i, was like, I love this so much <laughs> and then it you know ends with both of them being a shot to death on an abandoned freighter
2: why are you spoiling it for people who have not seen these 50 year old movies
1: 50 yeah, year old movie yeah um yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a fun, yeah, it's been a fun, uh, diversion. What, what were you watching in Chicago? Uh,
2: Chicago, we didn't really watch anything because, um, we couldn't get the, the, our laptops to hook up to the TV. And, and so we didn't like, we watched like maybe 10 minutes of some weird ghost hunting show, but that was it. Um, but over the last couple, last two days, since we're filming uh, we're recording this on a weekend, uh, Megan and I stay up pretty late on weekends. And oh. that's and for me, that's a good time for me to just uh, put comics in bags and tape them into a database and then do all that kind of stuff, which is honestly, it's it keeps my mind calm and yeah. and it's not no surprises. Although you sometimes you discover that some issues that you have are worth a couple hundred bucks and it's pretty nice. Yeah, I love uh, that. Breach into a box yesterday, found the first appearance of Riri Williams, who's showing up in the, the oh, yeah. new uh, Black Panther movie. But Invincible so the, the Iron Man number four or something. seven and then nine. Yeah. They're both worth about the same amount. Um, but really, but, but the thing we've been watching while that's been happening has been two shows. One is Evil, oh, which yeah, is yeah, on yeah. CBS. Mike Coulter. Love that show. Michael Emerson as well. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of like actors that, you know, from like, oh, you know, so Asif Manvi. I love Asif Manvi in it. He's great. Uh, it's it's all about demons and the church investigating demons. It demons. is creepier because it was initially on CBS. It was a
1: CBS network yeah. drama. And so I remember like I watched the pilot um, when it came out and I was like, doesn't like a demon drink urine in that first
2: episode or something? Like, I don't even remember because it just gets weirder. It, it was and
1: weirder. like it was like, I cannot believe this is on the same channel as like NCIS Hollywood <laughs> or whatever.
2: You know? well, it was like sincerely disturbing. Well, now it's it's they've done three seasons. We're just about to finish season two. Uh, it just gets weirder and wackier and did more disturbing, and we love it. But the other one we started watching is an anime called Akiba Maid War, which is a gang, literally a gangster series, yakuza series. But instead of gangs, each of the rival factions is a Japanese maid cafe. So it's 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 brutal. It's like you know there there are these scenes of these two like maid cafes like gunning each other down. And stealing each other's money and trying and putting each other like trying to drown each other and it is bonkers, but it is so fun because it's just that whole kind of like one genre mixed with another that kind (laughs) of comes up together and it's just so weird and I love it. Yeah,
1: I mean that's kind of the Planet of the Apes franchise because those these four these like all five movies are just like drastically different. Like you go from like. Apes going on, you know, basically like, hey, basically it's like Star Trek for the voyage home into, uh, I don't know, the most recent Andor story arc of the prison break. Like, it's that kind of, because Conquest of the Planet of the Apes is like, oh, 20 years later, all apes are uh slaves who are doing slave labor and then caesar causes them to rise up and then they just murder a bunch of humans and um and it's shot in century city at los angeles where everything is concrete and like it so it like has been all the all the humans are all wearing turtlenecks and blazers all black it's really great um <laughs> but uh this week we will be traveling to about when Conquest of the Planet of the Apes takes place, November 19th, <laughs> 1990, even though the film is from 1973. Uh, Home Alone ruled the box office. Love Takes Time by Mariah Carey topped the charts, and NBC aired the Fresh Prince of Bel Air episode, Talking Turkey. Even you must have seen Talking Turkey before today. I didn't, but I wish I had. It's
2: really good. <laughs> what is your Fresh Prince uh, history? I rem- I actually watched the first episode. I remember the first episode coming on and them saying tonight, new episode, no, first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I guess I like the, the the commercials for it. I I remember watching the first couple episodes and then sporadically through it through its run. Less as the series went on, I, I was I wasn't was watching as many. Um, yeah Uh, of the later episodes but the first two seasons i watched a lot of them i don't think i saw this one but it's possible
1: yeah i because i grew up uh we were we weren't an nbc family until friends debuted so this was a little (laughs) bit well this is four years before um But so I was mostly an ABC kid at this time, TGIF, but I would watch Fresh Prince every now and then and then like reruns is really where I became a huge Fresh Prince fan because and then now that it's on HBO Max when it it was off streaming for so long, it was it was like cited as like, I think someone like the ringer or someone did an article about why isn't Fresh Prince streaming and it's because it was too profitable as cable reruns, like MTV would build their entire morning lineups around Fresh Prince, and reruns would get like 2 million views, <laughs> like, It's just crazy. And it's I still I, I, popular, I don't think anyone will disagree that it's a fantastic show. It is uh, one of the tightest, I would say, that Fresh Prince and Golden Girls are two of those shows that are just made for syndication because they are like still as funny today as they were then somehow like the comedy has not aged like just like really good character based sharp one-liner like sharply written comedy
2: is what really the good shows are. great performances mm-hmm. from everybody the characterization of everyone is great um you get like extremely staid and reserved characters like Jeffrey, the Butler, whose name is Jeffrey Butler in the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you get like, kind of just the complete opposite with uh, uncle Phil that just like, he has these bursts of emotion that come out. right? are just amazing. Also um, I mean, for, if, if for people, I, I just want to give a little background on the show. Cause I did a little bit of like looking into this on Wikipedia and around how the show came about. Uh, Benny Medina, who is a producer And but also a music producer and a a music manager pitched the show based on his own life growing up in california he was you know a kind of a a a poor black kid growing up the same way that will smith was doing in philadelphia and one of his rich white friends said hey you want to come live with me and my family so that was Mm. that kind of gave the background he pitched the show to quincy jones Quincy Jones is like, I love this. Quincy Jones, if you don't know and you should, music producer yeah, like, produced everything. What he, but he had produced
1: uh, motion pictures before this, right? Like because it seems kind of weird, like this music producer, I'm gonna go pitch a TV <laughs> idea to. Like so, But he didn't he do the whiz? Or am I just like
2: I don't know. That that's that I have to look that Quincy one up. Quincy Jones producer. So he uh Quincy Jones is like, I love this. Uh, They were going to, they, they, they they're trying to find a lead. Yes. Will Smith gets introduced to Benny Medina backstage at the Arsenio Hall show. They said, do you, uh, we want you, we come to this party. Quincy Jones is going to be there. Will Smith is like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm a musician. I don't act. They're like, read this script. Uh, it was a, a script for a completely different show that was supposed to star Morris Day from Morris Day in the time. <laughs> Will Smith read it. They're like, you are in. We're changing this so it's going to be about Philadelphia. And Will Smith signed the paperwork in the limo at Quincy Jones's party. Uh, so you'll see in that in the Quincy Jones is a producer, produced the theme song. Benny Medina is a producer. But the series was created by Andy Borowitz from The Borowitz Report. Yeah. Oh. And Susan Borowitz, his his wife at the time. So Borowitz Report is a, a satiric um, uh, news, like satiric news opinion uh, uh, series, which has been going on forever. So yeah, like it's got a it's, lot it's of heavy so much, hitters yeah. behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Quincy Jones produced The Color Purple. So he... he, he he was not the wrong person to go. He to. was not the new of course. He, but also, if you make music like he does, you probably also know to make uh
2: television. That's yeah. He's he's had a hand in in literally every kind of music you've also, ever heard. Also Rashida Jones is Yeah, father. Yes. I was With like father, um, uncle, yeah. Father, uh there she he was married to I can't remember her name. She just passed away uh from the mod squad. Oh mod squad. right, yeah, god. I I I loved the notion of
1: the Mod Squad in the late 90s. <laughs> I'd never watched the show, but just like the idea of it. I did see the movie in theaters
2: with Cameron. So
1: something else that came clarity. up that was
2: really weird when I was doing some looking to this. Um, Tupac Shakur criticized Quincy Jones for only dating and marrying white women. Tupac Shakur, to which Rashida Jones wrote an open letter to him criticizing his stance on this later tupac shakur dated rashida jones's sister quincy <laughs> jones's daughter well, wait well how old was rashida jones when she was writing an open letter to tupac is I, this, this oh, 90s it was a while ago but <laughs> oh yeah my God. but just like Jeez. i don't know wild I, shit <laughs> everything's connected yeah uh
1: but yeah uh so beginning the Thanksgiving uh, stretch of the show uh, this week, I'm assessing TV. We'll be talking about the Fresh Prince of Air episode. Talking Turkey. It is the 12th episode of season one. And it was written by Cheryl Gard and directed by Jeff Melman. Here's how HBO Max describes the episode. The kids cook Thanksgiving dinner.
2: Ethan, how accurate is that
1: description?
2: They do. I mean, they do. There's dinner. a That's lot more that happens. It happens. <laughs> Cheryl Guard, by the way, the uh, the writer was actually a producer for the entire series. Oh, good. And she wrote three episodes, this being one of them. Well, she did a she did a great job. It was um, a great episode. Good.
1: The good episode work. opens with Jeffrey telling the story of the first Thanksgiving. So this is a thing to couch all Thanksgiving sitcoms in. You don't really have this problem with Halloween and Christmas episodes, but Thanksgiving <laughs> is always just now that we are, um, you know, older, more, uh, aware society and we now understand that a lot of things that were taught in elementary school aren't exactly factually accurate um and so like every thanksgiving episode involves you know the pilgrims and the ne- the indians came together and had turkey and
2: corn
1: and
2: then they were happy <laughs> And is not what happened. It, it, it did not happen that way. I th- uh, I wonder if that's why they closed the Plymouth Wax Museum that told the story of this because uh, it's like mm, now I, well, I've, I've, been even, to Plymouth, I've been even in to a cold couple open, times, you know?
1: even in this called even in this called open they don't really finish the story because like Ash- like Je- Jeffrey's like reading the story to Ashley and then Will comes in singing the Humpty
2: Dance so <laughs> yeah it it, <laughs> it, it it works out because 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 Jeffrey says and the leader of the Pilgrims bowed his head and said and then Will. Bumps in and he goes, Uh, the Humpty Dance is your do chance. The do the hump, and he gets the whole, which is not my favorite part of the Humpty Dance, but it's it's a part that really sticks out. I love the Humpty yeah. Dance, like, I rest <laughs> in peace. Uh, well, and- uh, Humpty Hump, uh, and this is also the season one house,
1: um, which. It's that weird thing of like season ones will often have oh this is before they did X Y Z to the set or to the cast or to the opening credits or the whatever and most of fresh print stays intact for all of its run except for most notab- notably Aunt Viv does change halfway through due to uh, behind the scenes machinations from Will Smith himself uh, which See, I,
2: I've I've heard I've heard different things about that and she they, <laughs> they 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 came together and they talked about it and she said that. He said that that she was she was bringing her problems to the set and she was yes. having a bad marriage and that was causing problems. So when they came to renew her contract, they kind of wanted to push her out by giving her a pretty bad deal. And she said, I'm not I'm not going to take this bad deal. And everyone's like, later. And then, yeah. well, like, I did an article about why she left.
1: And uh, at the time, like there was a lot like Will Smith says some very. Uh, bad things about her in the press at the time and that you know and then that you know damages your reputation and your career if the lead of the show says bad stuff about you and yeah if anyone watches the the Fresh Prince reunion that um was filmed and aired during uh 2020 Uh, It's very emotional and very good and very like healing and made me cry. And I'm not even like super emotionally invested in this show, but just like it was very intense. Um, It's it's uh, a very good show. (laughs) But this is the this is the the first house, which is not as it looks more like a real house. It is darker, like. There's a lot more maroons and like forest greens. The, the house for the next five seasons is more like white and open and light. Like there's like a big window in the back of the living room and the stairs are in the living room instead of in like the um, kind of entryway as they are in this episode. And the kitchen is also brighter and more open than yeah. this kitchen.
2: Now, is the exterior the same exterior as exterior. Beverly Hills, the <laughs> same exterior? And I think that they might explain it. I think it's the I Beverly remember. house. Oh, Wow. Uh, of course, I am looking it up. Fresh Prince. No. This is what I, I. This is what I thought it was. Um,
1: I could be wrong. Well, I mean, the exterior is probably torn down now because we don't give a crap about our TV exterior houses. Ugh, Warner Brothers Ranch, RIP.
2: Well, anyway, I, like I, I might be I might be incorrect because uh, the uh, the Beverly Hills house is in Bel Air. Yeah,
1: I did like uh, Will's wearing a leather hat in the opening. That is very much the Taco Bell uh, 90s color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's dressed very well. Uh, there's a really good joke at the beginning where where, you know, like uh, Viv is like, you know, we're going to, you know, Thanksgiving's coming and. T- we're going to have like turkey and everything and then hillary's like a turkey i don't there do you know that they were like they are born and raised to be nothing but food and then will's like i don't think a lot of them had dreams of becoming doctors or lawyers and and the theme was- song starts, yeah.
2: which is um, the most
1: iconic part of the show
2: it really is I, I i thought it was it was they they the mom shows up in the opening theme song, but it's a different mother who plays her in the show. Yeah, well, It was just like an old it's
1: like an old like rap music video like nanny granny who's just like wah, 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 like curlers in the hair and like wagging the thing. I mean, she looks like a grandmother.
2: It's true. And and I'd say there's probably at least a 20-25 year difference between uh, mom in the opening and mom yeah. in the show. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which I mean, this is her first appearance so I guess they had not cast her. Right, But they should have gone back, you know a lot of times shows will cast actors and then recast them after their first appearance. And then for syndication, they'll reshoot those scenes. They did that with Seinfeld. Cause they like recast most of the parents who played Jerry and George's parents. So mm. yeah. So there are like other scenes with that are, that do not have Jerry Stiller as George's dad. It has some other guy. <laughs> you can <laughs> find them on uh YouTube and they're very uh, different. Um sometimes, So
2: sometimes things change like that. Like, uh, face in the pilot of the a-team face man completely different uh actor. Different face <laughs> i want to show off these two the uh if you're oh, not yes. i'm holding up a whole full series of a team novels uh <laughs> six volumes that i was able to get online just because they were available i don't know <laughs> treasures
1: Uh, So then the door, uh, you know, doorbell rings because Vi is there, Viola, uh, Will's mother, uh, and Will like leapfrogs over Jeffrey down the stairs, which is really funny. Like he just does like a spectacular, a spectacular stunt, like a
2: feat. (laughs) She's played by (laughs) Vernie Watson. Uh, You've seen her in everything. She's been a soap opera actress for a number of decades, I believe. Uh, Constantly working. She's great. Well, and uh, so I love the, the, the sisters.
1: I always love the holiday episodes because that's usually when, uh, uh, Vi comes over and then also Jennifer Lewis plays the third sister and there's a fourth sister who I cannot remember who she is. Um, but like Jennifer Lewis is just so good and so great. Um, it was really, ugh, this is, I don't, I have to watch dancing with the stars for work, although I stopped. Um, Which is good because I love Shangela and she's doing well. But they did on Disney Night. They did. uh, Shangela did a number from which Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lewis was in uh, Hercules. (laughs) She was the voice of in Hercules, so she sang one of the songs from Hercules. Correct? Yeah, Um, and she did it live. There, it's either Hercules or Emperor's New Groove. I don't know that late '90s Disney. I can't remember. Um, I don't think there were any
2: female led songs on Jennifer emperor's Lewis, new Groove
1: disney which one does she
2: do uh
1: full uh ugh, God, whatever i mean she was there live to sing her disney song live and then which, which was fun because then carl like alfonso ribeiro is the co-host and so he was like hey it's my aunt like it was <laughs> like oh that's so that's
2: so cool i love that little, well Vi showed up for the entire season she's one of the um Few guest stars other than DJ Jazzy Jeff that did appear in all five seasons of, uh, which is good. good. Of Blair yeah, because so there, I mean, there she, is is continuity. His,
1: she is his mother. She is so his mother. So it's like, I'm glad that she didn't just come. From... I do. I also love Vi and Phil's relationship because. It's funny because like it starts off and you think that it's going to be combative because Phil's kind of like, oh, she's coming. She she called me Bigfoot because I grew a beard. Then when she comes and you see the way that she ribs Phil and then you see the way that uh, James Avery like plays Phil's responses. It's like yeah. this familial, like we've known each other for so long, like you rib me and it's like. It's actually not as contentious as usually
2: an in-law visiting is. It's very, very warm. It's not the same as in Bewitched when it was like, oh shit, your mom's here. Or yeah, yeah. Dora's here. <laughs> oh shit, Uncle Arthur's here. Like I... it's it's not that at all. It's like, oh, everyone's happy that that Vi is here. Yeah. And so like immediately after getting there, well, first of
1: all, we get the first tease of what the main plot is gonna be, which is Who's going to take Vi's uh, bags to a room? And Will's like, Jeffrey, and then Vi smacks the, her son in the back of the head because he can take it up there. That man is twice his age.
2: Yes, and dun, that, dun, that dun, man dun. is played by Joseph Marcel. Uh, who's the, actually English. Who a- is actually English. Um, I always thought this was a fake accent. <laughs> he, was part, he is part of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, he is on the board of the Globe Theater. And just looking into a little bit, he was in the 1974 television movie, Anthony and Cleopatra. And 10 years later, James Avery was in the 1984 version of Anthony (laughs) and Cleopatra. So I, you know, I always kind of like love when stage actors get like a big TV break and they're like, yeah, I'm good going back to the stage. He's, he's primarily a stage actor. He's worked in other stuff, you know, pretty consistently, but he's he's a stage actor he's also so funny he's he's my favorite character like I'm telling you right (laughs) now must see performance in every episode is always
1: (laughs) Jeffrey there's a really funny like so like right after that is they all go into the living room and uh, Viv is like hey Vi guess what I found in the cabinet and then Jeffrey's just walking by and he says certainly not
2: dust that's what she she says she says look I was uh, look what I found I was dusting the albums and guess what I found and Jeffrey just zips by the scene and goes certainly not dust <laughs> I, I, la- I laughed out loud and i paused it i'm like i have to write this down is it, was, it was so good but then they have this like
1: amazing scene that i just love and i think is what is so good about fresh prince is it is just they play that ain't too proud to beg by the temptations and then viv and vi dance and the kids are, like, kind of embarrassed. And they, like, they're, like, they're, like, what is that dance? And, like, it's the, uh, Hillary's, like, uh, it's the swim. And it was popular in the 1940s. And, they're like, <laughs> and then they're, like, no. Not the swim. It was the 1960s. And that is the swim. Phil can do the swim. And then, like, Uncle Phil just starts doing the swim and, like, dancing. And then they yeah. all start dancing. And this is where I, this brought about two uh, thoughts to me, is, like, Oh, my God. It is so rare that I see in sitcoms where adults act not always as adults, like, act as just humans that are our age. Because, like, when I watch, like, Home Improvement now, I'm like, they're in their mid-30s, and I'm older than them, and they're just acting, like, so by-the-book adult. And so, like, this moment is like, oh, no, this is the kind of stuff because... Uncle Phil is 45 and Aunt Viv is 34, I think the actress is at this time. Yeah. So, so it's like 34, 35. So it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Like the, so that, that made me feel like, yeah, these are, yeah, you know, I, I know these. And then, but then I also, um, I wrote, this is what I miss about the holidays and going home for the holidays and like the whole, but then I was also like, my family would absolutely never ever
2: ever do anything never no. dance would never do anything weird yeah we're it's it's always weird kind of like thinking that my parents were at the age that I am now or I was 10 years ago doing and and I feel so much less mature than they yeah were. maybe they just held it like carried it better maybe that was the times like maybe just having kids kind of like sets your mind that way for some people But, like, I'm sitting in a room now surrounded by toys, comic books, books on Disney, magazines about Disney, like, Disney art. Like, and I, I, like, think about, like, how I was growing up. My parents had, like, farm scenes and, like antiques like kind of I have They have a rustic look in their house I'm looking at like I have bases I have a keyboard I have a folder with Horshack on it from uh, Welcome Back Cotter that I'm gonna put my will in like (laughs) I have an X-Men arcade game game. I have an autographed picture of Adam West like my parents my my dad has one autographed picture and that's him with Bill Berge who he met when he when he was the Philadelphia eagles player and the two of them met gave him a signature like
1: i think like i think about this all the time about how like you know our pair we don't look the same as our parents did and i think it's because uh there's a capitalist industry that has emerged over the last 20 years that is designed to keep people our age and younger yeah buying and because like you know uncle phil grew up watching I don't know how, how any duty or whatever, like you know, like whatever, <laughs> but like those show in, in 1990, you could not buy, um, you know, like a spatula shaped, like a character that you loved when you were no, like, like, like a flying monkey or the, the tin man or something, you know, like they didn't make that kind of stuff, but now I have a Darth Vader spatula made by fucking William Sonoma.
2: You know, That's so a, there, if, I remember like growing up and we'd get, let's say two dozen catalogs of plain shirts and sheets and like boring shit, boring clothes. And we'd, we'd look forward to like the signals catalog, which, which, and then there was another one that had like TV stuff and be like, I'd obsess over like they were selling like a VHS of the three stooges. Yeah. Or like, here's a t-shirt with um, Jeeves and Wooster on it. I'm like, I don't even know them, but they seem fun. <laughs> like those were the thing. those are the little bits that like adults were allowed to enjoy. Well, like, like in this episode, like
1: uh, the temptations, like they have this temptations record that they loved, you know, 25 years ago when they were younger, but. Are any of them wearing a, like, Temptations necktie? Do, are, is there no. a Temptations shower curtain? Like, yeah, like because they just did not make that stuff.
2: I'm 42 years old, and I'm <laughs> wearing a shirt that has an anime girl on it because I like the comic.
1: See? <laughs> That's like all this you. stuff just wasn't... Uh, it's become more socially acceptable to, uh, to engage in all this stuff, and then also companies are making this stuff, which I think is what is irrevocably changed you know for the better for the worse. you know yep. who knows who knows i don't know uh, i wish i was making the kind of
0: uh, it keeps I me wish that my,
1: i wish that the cost of living and my income was more yeah. like what my parents was ratio wise instead of what we have now but anyway yeah. carlton then invites
2: his english teacher to come over for thanksgiving because he, thinks he-, he wants to he wants an a he He thinks inviting him over is going to get get him an A. This is like the the like B level plot that's like mentioned like twice. It's I truly it, the,
1: don't know why. If there's any critique of this episode, it's like I don't know why this plot is in there other than to have someone to force to eat all the gross food, which maybe that is enough.
2: It's it's like. It's the difference between like this sitcom versus when, we let's say we were watching Spin City, which had like three different plots coming together. And that seems to be kind yeah. of the, the way sitcoms are going now. This is one story from beginning to end. There is yeah. no subtlety. There is no side plot. There is nothing. All these characters exist to serve this plot of the kids are not doing enough work around the house. And Aunt Vi says, you got to work. These kids have to work. This all happens at the very first dinner after Aunt Vi gets there.
1: And when she tell like, there's this whole thing about, like, clearing the table. And she's like, no, Will, you need to clear the table. Jeffrey, you can sit down and eat. Uh, and then I love, one of my favorite, I guess it's like a favorite, like, uh, recurring joke in sitcoms is when rich characters have to do menial tasks and don't.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
1: what to do and i love put them in the dishwasher and then ashley's response is hillary let's take them to jeffrey's room he'll know what to do
2: oh yeah that's what it was and then so they're they they're they're clearing the table and hillary's holding the dishes and she goes where do these go and aunt vi goes just put them in the dishwasher and she just kind of like turns around and looks at carlton just goes here (laughs) <laughs> and well, like Carleton just like just shrugs,
1: like oh. do and then Ashley's like take him to Jeffrey's room. It's very like uh, Arrested Development, um, like uh, when Marta leaves or like when the house cleaner leaves, and Buster like takes it out on the vacuum or something because he thought that was her favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I just love take it to Jeffrey's room.
2: <laughs> Hillary and Banks, if, played by uh, Karen Parsons, who is now a children's of, book author, one of the. Great sitcom performances, of yeah. All the time is
1: Hillary. Hillary Bank, just like absolutely an icon, uh, a legend, a star, a statement, a legend.
2: And she's one of those characters, like um, Uncle Arthur and Bewitched, where she's rarely the focus, but every line that she says almost <laughs> just... is a, is a banger. It always yeah. hits. It's always good.
1: And the next scene is, I guess, it's like the next morning, right? Yeah. Because the it's gardening the guy comes over.
2: Yeah. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Um Will and and his mom are kind of having this this conversation about how they they miss each other. Um but then oh, and the gar- the, gardener the
1: gardener comes, comes, in. comes in. And we'll like and I love that like it is interesting the cuz this episode is talking a lot about class and is getting to like the the fundamental premise of the show which is like you know, Will from West Philly is now living in Bel Air, where they have all these servants, and it's so like Vi did not w- raise him that way, and so yeah. she, so it is like this. There's a, there's actually something really serious going on here, where like Vi is trying to make sure that her son does not lose touch with, you know the 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 context and like the morals that he grew up with. And what I think is interesting that Vi doesn't notice is that when the gardener comes in, like Will, like get like pats him on the like he like hits his chest, like Hey man, what's like Will. Even though Will is still, like, treating these people like his employees, he is still treating them more as a peer than, like, Hillary <laughs> or Carlton yeah. or actually would. Because he's like, hey, man, no, yeah, like, he's like, let me go get, you know, Aunt Viv, like, oh, can you cut off some roses for my mom? Like, he's, and he clearly knows the gardener, like, the gardener, yeah. like, comes in, like, he's family, and it's like, it's really, like, a nice scene, but, like, they're, they're... the
2: layers there are very interesting. And that's something that the, the the series has always been really good about is that it shows it's it's a class difference, and they, they highlight that especially this fish out of water in the first season. This it's it's not a racial difference because that had been done before. Yeah. You had you had Webster, you had <laughs> different strokes, you know, but just these these characters yeah. where it's like we have a black character living with a white family, and that was the the, the original kind of the premise was. With with um Bar- Benny Medina, that's what his real life thing, his real life situation was, but they they changed it up. They're like, we we could, it's been done before. Let's explore this um this difference in 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 African American classes, and that I think. Is something that just like hadn't been seen on TV, and but, uh, yeah, and it's real. It's like really well done, really and works. really um, and it's really an integral
1: part of the show. For as funny as the show is, it is also gets into like some really serious stuff. Even like this stuff is serious stuff. I mean, These are real issues. Because uh, then, like Viv and Vi
2: have a real talk about this, and because because Vi to to, to explain the plot, yeah, Vi sends the gardener home for Thanksgiving. He says, <laughs> "Take like- the day off."
1: Which is a stretch. I mean, like you don't live like that. (laughs) That, Yeah, that's, that's a bit. I mean, I don't know like what their sisterly relationship seems to be kind of, you know, yeah. Cause she wants wants Will to
2: do, she wants Will to, to, to mow the lawn. Which (laughs) which is thinking about it. A landscaper in, in Bel Air is probably going to have a crew to do all this. stuff Rather than than just one person. I'm the guy who mows the lawn like and
1: also like trims the hedges to the roses the topiaries (laughs) he's he's
2: probably got multiple people here yeah who um if i don't know like hopefully like he's He's being paid on like a salaried basis, so he can take a day off and he still yeah. gets paid rather than rather than like, sure uh, hey, you there, and your yeah. crew aren't getting paid because I'm sending you home, which is kind of what happens with the day before Thanksgiving. And this is jumping forward. The day before Thanksgiving, uh, Viv cancels the caterer. Yeah. <laughs> so which is, which is which is which is like you know okay now the caterer is like. Oh fuck! You know that there's X amount of there's dollars we don't a have. A
1: lot of dollars too, because you know they were definitely not getting like the cheap stuff.
2: Unless uh, there was like a cancellation policy yeah. where it's like, oh, you know, twenty four hours, you can't you can't cancel it. But <laughs> that bothered me. It's like, oh, these people aren't going to get paid because you're you want your kids to to make the food.
1: Yeah. So this is where like uh, Vi tells Viv like, you know, your kids are spoiled. They're getting a fancy ride in a free car. And so, like, this, like, rings in Viv's ears. And so, like, when Phil comes in and the two of them talk and and so, like, then Vi, Viv is now taking it on Vi's point of view. He's like, our kids are getting a free ride in a fancy car. And Phil's whole thing is like, yeah, duh. Like, y- yeah, obviously. And And he yeah. kind of accuses. Viv would be like, well, you know, you're always the pushover, whatever. And then Viv does an amazing Hillary impression, like, "Daddy, I need three hundred dollars." So it's like they're both kind of at blame, and that's when they cancel the catering. Which I just realized it would might have been funnier if um, the catering had already been there, and and Viv just like <laughs> trash. <laughs> so that way, we would know they would have still paid the caterers. Yeah, They wouldn't have been left out to dry, but then all that food would go to waste. And so, like, to make the leap of, like, the kids are making dinner, which is a perfect Thanksgiving episode uh, plot. Yeah, And I love my one of my favorite. So this is in general. Thanksgiving is a holiday. I'm like, yeah, fine. You know, I I am like, it's fine. I, I love the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because it is, a, it is just a uh, awkward, bizarre train wreck. And I love it. <laughs> but other than that, like, I don't really have a special affection for it other than thanksgiving sitcom episodes are among <laughs> the best and i think it is all because of turkeys <laughs> because the whole holiday is built around a nearly impossible main dish that you have to have and my favorite trope is when a live turkey is brought on and this happens a lot of like we got a turkey and it's a live one because like what do you do with a live turkey on a sitcom it is just this element of chaos and i love it
2: but this is just a frozen (laughs) turkey My, you know for the past couple years my mom has bought like pre-cut like like a turkey platter from Mm. like the wegmans And then she told, she didn't say this year that she bought a full turkey. So I'm like, oh, okay. So we're, we're doing this. I I guess I have a different, I've always, I don't look at Thanksgiving the same way as I I don't look at it from the historical, like this was, you know, this is commemorating a shitty event. I always look at it like this was an opportunity for my family coming in from Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, uh, the Lehigh Valley. Everyone was able to get together under one roof, which we only did for Christmas, yep. maybe birthdays and Thanksgiving. We have we ate the same foods that we ate when my parents, when my mom was a kid. Um, for years, we, we kept making creamed onions. And the only person who liked it was my grandfather. And then he died and they kept making creamed onions and no one wanted them. <laughs> but that, it, it, it's that kind of tradition is that for us, it was kind of the same way with christmas it's it's not about the religion it's not the about the 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 the, the purpose of the holiday it was an excuse for our families to get together and just be happy that we
1: were together to quote garfield it's not the giving it's not the getting
2: it's the loving garfield holiday garfield christmas
0: i would amend Uh, that
2: i would amend that to say it's not about the giving it's about the thanks yeah, yeah. Like, for Thanksgiving. I, I that's how I always I always feel about it. So I always look forward to going home to Pennsylvania and seeing my folks because I don't. If you know, I I don't see them a lot.
1: If I had reliable traditions associated with Thanksgiving, because like they've all been yeah. blown Torpedia. apart like Brave. many times over now. Uh, right. So just just the whole like moving to New York and um, whoever decided that we should have two major travel necessary holidays within a month of each other should be to get into quote Garfield drug out into the street and shot (laughs) because it always made like you have to choose Thanksgiving or Christmas and you always choose Christmas. I do uh yeah. so thanksgiving was just like okay i'm in new york um me and seb did we doing good hosting our own thanksgiving for a couple of years uh got some good memories out of that like the time uh guest of the podcast pat bayer carved a turkey on the back of our couch because we did not have anywhere else to carve a turkey <laughs> <laughs> uh you know but then the pandemic hit and so now we're back to like well who knows what we're doing uh, so that's fun. Um, but now the kids are making uh making the turkey. And yeah. I love so this is like Aunt Viv is like basically like waking them all up. They are coming downstairs, they're in their PJs, and they're like, is there an emergency? I have to go get my like new boots I just bought, get my lucky drawers while you're up there. And then I love when she says that she's gonna they're all cooking dinner. Carlton's just like I don't know what kind of leftist experiment you're, you're putting us
2: in. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird line. I liked it. I wrote it down. It well, was And then also line.
1: Hillary's line is like, I don't know. This is a real New Year's
2: resolution feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I liked how Jeffrey comes in with a turkey that he just bought and it is frozen. Yeah, Like you're supposed to thaw these things out for days. Like, you, can, you cannot he's... buy it the morning of. <laughs> and then I
1: love Will's excuse of like, you know, my mom's here and she sees me so little,
2: and I'm growing so fast. Will Smith for not having an acting background oh, is, is he is the sun in which all the planets revolve around because he is great in all the scenes. It, it, he is
1: and and they're in it's such a steep learning curve. Because I do think you can see a little bit of shakiness in like the first episode, but like this is episode 12, and he is he's got it. Yeah. He is he is doing the impossible thing of he's playing the straight man in the ki- in the cooking scenes yeah. because he's the one with like the kind of the most cooking knowledge and living a lot. Um, and he's still being so funny while being in charge, which I love that he tells Hillary like, you know, and you're going to do yams and rolls. And then Hillary's like, I have to do two things. Why don't you put a yoke on my neck and hitch me to a plow? <laughs>
2: like i said every line is great that she does will smith, and will smith has proven time and time again that he can do comedy he started out doing comedy he has proved that he can do music and he has proved multiple times that he can do drama
1: well and he uh, won an oscar after immediately after causing some uh, drama wow oh my god I don't we don't have to talk about it a lot other than I will just say that I was having having to cover the Oscars that night was (laughs) not fun because it was like two and a half hours of boring and then all of a sudden the most uh unprecedented unspected inexplicable moment in Oscar history all of a sudden happens uh and it's like oh god Uh, having to immediately this is where like the 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 job being of like a live of a reporter really kicks in because it's like oh my god okay it's like you're gonna write this i'm gonna get you all right now okay we're gonna what's it like and because i was like i was tasked with like i was like going through twitter and like finding the oh look jada peekett smith and chris rock have a history together sending it to the person that's writing the article like oh she has alopecia like i'm the one that discovered they're like okay here add that to the article like it's just like it was this insane rush um but I will say uh, I watched this episode of Fresh Prince and didn't even think about that. It's, I didn't think so about good. it until you he's brought it so up
2: good. at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. It's it's that, it, it, you know, he he doesn't do comedies all that much anymore. I can't even remember the last comedy he did, Men in Black. Like, I don't know. He's, Hitch. He, Hitch was Hitch. early 2000. That, that was 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, Because I uh, like, I don't hmm. know. Like, um. He's gone. He's gone full, gone full drama.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, I, I yeah, will see what happens. God uh, back in the living room. The, uh, <laughs> the English teacher is there and he might have been there just to deliver the. Hey, uh, I'm teaching the kids through a rap version of Hamlet. Peep this to be in effect or to not be in effect. That I can't remember what that is, the situation or something
2: Something like it was it was really bad. Everyone acknowledged it as bad, except for the teacher who probably the actor recognized also that it was very bad. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it's like that is very I mean, I feel like Abbott Elementary is making like does that same joke (laughs) because it's like that is still a thing. White teachers are still
2: trying to teach Shakespeare Shakespeare through rapping. Shakespeare is not rap. It is. It has a rhythm to it which is a different kind of rhythm. Look, I read a shit ton of books about Shakespeare because I do not (laughs) believe he wrote the plays. So I read a lot of books about that. And I just have to find, you know, find myself reading a whole bunch of Shakespeare and critiques and criticisms and this and that. It does not work the same way rhythmically as rap does. No, it's not rapper's delight. No, Uh. no. You but cannot, back in it, it does not scan. Back in the, so, so in the kitchen. In the kitchen, Will has assigned himself the turkey. <laughs> Ashley has been assigned the cranberry sauce, generally something that does not involve much cooking, because even in this episode, it comes out of a can. Yeah. Carlton has been assigned the stuffing. Oh. Uh, and Hillary has, like you said, the yams, the and, yams rolls. and rolls. <laughs> so we see how they're 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 cooking these things. We don't see Will's turkey. We see two canned. Um, uh, cranberry, cranberry sauces, sauces sticking vertically up from a plate. Carlton is using a dish maybe about a foot wide, probably a little bit less, to cook stuffing for a family for yeah. a gathering of like nine, nine people. Pe- yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> and, that's <the laughs> thing, like, and that's the thing. Like that's I noticed about this through all of this is the portions are minute. Uh, yeah, for that people, oh yeah, cans of cranberry sauce. that makes sense. Turkey, not big enough for this entire family. No way. Not enough. Yeah. A tiny casserole dish, a round casserole dish. So most people know what those are of stuffing. A tiny, a little slightly larger casserole dish of yams. This is like, um, this is like stuff you find like at the bottom of your cabinet and say, we're going to cook a meal in I between mean, our other meals. It is honestly considering
1: that they were catering and they just canceled it on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. This honestly might just be what was in the house other than that turkey that Jeffrey bought. I don't know. Possibly. Like, it could be that. Uh I like Hillary says, Mr. Poppin' Fresh doesn't want to come out of his tube while holding a butcher
2: knife. Trying to <laughs> take the, the rolls out of there. So, okay. Yes. Uh, one. (laughs) Imagine you're feeding a family of nine on one canister of rolls for Thanksgiving. Some some people do it. I understand it. But this is also the whole point is that they are very rich. And uh, Ashley
1: is holding the cranberry sauce and Carlton like bumps into her and it goes on the floor immediately, which they then put back on the play. Carlton's like, my stuffing is so dry. And then Will walks over there. I actually don't know anything about cooking stuffing. Is this... The advice because he's like, uh Carlton, when something is dry, what do we do? We add cream of mushroom soup. Stir, stir, stir like add, 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 stir, stir. Like he says it like, you idiot, you should know this. And I mean, I don't do you I add cream of mushroom soup? I, I he adds an entire could. pan. So when it goes out to for everyone to eat, I do like they say like the the yams have this thick black crust on the top, and Hillary says, like, it's Cajun style. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
2: She has good lines.
1: And then when they say like the cranberry sauce and then Hillary gets, but Ashley's the one that's like, Hillary worked hard putting the fire out and that like embarrasses Hillary. So then she gets back at Ashley by saying like, oh yeah, Ashley did a great job picking the cranberries off the floor (laughs) for. And then when they ask, does anyone want stuffing? Is it uncle Phil that says, where's that
2: been? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the, the, uh, the teacher scoops it up with a spoon and it is liquid. It is soup yeah it is gross that that chunky soupy stuffing was was no good to me um so so and phil says and actually will says well the the turkey is cooked to perfection we'll do that uncle phil starts carving it and says it is frozen on the inside (laughs) (laughs) uh so all the food is terrible uh it do they eat? They don't eat, or we don't see them they, eat. They don't eat, but they do mention that uh, the teacher is on his second glass of stuffing. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, thank you. God. Um, uh, so, so then, like, this, the episode ends with, like, Viv and
1: Vi uh, talking about their feelings and actually having a... I do like that Viv uh, calls, like, you basically called me a bad mother. Like, the, she does, yeah. like, call out, like, even though you had a point about our kids are definitely getting a fancy riding a free car it was shitty to do that while you're in my house right before thanksgiving and the way you did which was basically like you're raising your kids (laughs) wrong that's
2: not cool and and uh i think there's like there is an understanding that that viv and phil are trying to give their kids something that they didn't have when they were growing up yeah which is kind of like this this different way of living this kind of support um they're doing well in school, like that's, yeah, that's Will's the getting trade-off. A in English, yeah, that's the trade off is that will isn't mowing the lawn and doing the dishes and uh doing this, and that he's actually focusing on the studies, and it's working out really well, yeah, which is so the whole point him. of the show was he was doing badly in Philadelphia, yeah, and he's turned he's turning himself around and on the playground started- is where he spent most of his days, not in not in the library <laughs> um. So they start making a dinner out of whatever they have available. The only thing we see is half a head of iceberg lettuce in a giant bowl that Viv just rushes out to the table. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what foraging. that's supposed to mean. Oh my
1: God. Uh,
2: she left half of the head of, the, of iceberg lettuce on the counter and she <laughs> ran inside. Well, that's
1: for seconds. That's, you know, so they don't eat everything right away. No. Uh, the last good. scene of the episode is, uh, is Vi and Will like having... Talk and it doesn't even, there are no jokes. It's very much just like a scene between like a mother who misses her son because she sent her son away to like get him out of a bad situation. And she's like, I miss you. And he's like, I miss you. And then like, it's like a kind of not a somber, it's like a real grounded ending to an episode with a lot of laughs. It's a hug and then it ends. Yeah. And, and I do
2: think that that is good
1: because, like, if you just watch any other random episode of Fresh Prince, you're always like, wait, why is he there? Why is his mom? <laughs> like, I know the theme song's trying to explain it to me, but, like, we gotta. So when she comes and you get these moments, I mean, there's, like, an episode or two where, like, she's trying to, like, get, bring him back. And, like, there's, you know, they actually do
2: tackle all that stuff in between the fun jokes. There aren't a lot of series anymore that do, that tell you the entire setup for the show in the opening I know. Song. That like was Beverly the whole thing. I mentioned yes. it. Beverly Hillbillies does that. Well, that that is like all the, you know,
1: it's the story of a lovely lady. Like it's that's the whole classic theme. Now all the now the theme song, you know what theme song is? Doop do, do, doop doop doop.
2: That's it. Or do do. We're gonna show you the the uh the title. logo the and who created the show over the first scene. Yeah, I oh god.
1: You know, like give me and the, what drives me crazy is like we are in streaming times now we do not have to make room for commercials so you guys can give us a 30 second to 45 second opening credit
2: sequence they and change is... every season to reflect the new cast members but now what happens is, is with streaming you actually have the option to skip the, the intro skip.
1: or they do here's a two minute long intro that is just abstract images floating uh. behind names I'm sorry <laughs>
2: I really loved the Lord of the Rings rings of power but you're right that's what it yeah, was yeah. it was stones moving around over under words to no a really great know, score, but... thank you
1: god um are you ready for some must-have facts about this episode yeah give them to me uh how many people do you think watch this episode of television a <laughs> I don't know billion why I in, everyone this watched into this into it quiz
2: so good 12.3 million people Ah, uh, that's a little less than a billion but at the same yeah, time yeah. that's decent that's numbers. a lot for now but back then it was Twenty
1: fifth for the week in the ratings. Ooh. Um, and the top ten shows of the week because the top five shows are all duds and not well, not all duds, but <laughs> mostly duds. So, uh, number ten. This gives you this gives you a more accurate uh, idea of what was on the air at the time. Ten was Empty Nest. Nine was Golden Girls. Eight was Designing Women, which I know the Golden Girls team was not happy about. Uh, seven was Murphy Brown. Six was Murder She Wrote. And then five was America's Funniest Home Videos. Four was America's Funniest People. Three was Monday Night Football. Two was Stephen King's It Part 2. Uh, oh, number yeah. one, one was 60 Minutes. So it's a very weird top five. America so, was watching some weird stuff the week of Thanksgiving that year. I guess so that, might, the, that might be it.
2: But in the bottom five, those were four uh, women-led sitcoms.
1: Yeah, Empty Nets, Golden Girls, Designing Women Brown, Murder, She Wrote. I, I wasn't going to include Empty Nest, but yeah. um,
2: it might as well be.
1: Yeah, four female-led shows right there. Uh, yeah.
2: And then America's Funniest Home People, led by Dave Coulier. I'm I'm when, actually surprised that that rated over whole, America's Home Videos. It
1: might have been a thing where that week, I should have looked at the... Because from my recollection, America's Funniest Home Videos came on first, and then America's, uh, America's Funniest People came on after that. And then if... If Monday, no, um, it's Monday night football. Hmm. So that was on Sundays. because I was like, if something really, really, really big came on right after that, I could see more people tuning in and catching America's Funniest People, which now, was is... kids. America's Funniest People was camera crews went to malls and just said, do something funny to people. This was... is what TikTok was back then.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Vine. It's kind of like like TikTok. It was make your own content Send it in to us. So you'll get like, I don't know, you'll get like dad telling a joke at a bar. You'll get like maybe some people like film a skit. I remember my mom.
1: My mom's favorite was a uh, overweight woman in cowboy boots dancing in a cornfield to these boots were made for walking. And my mom thought it was hilarious. So that's the that's the that's the humor.
2: You know what? Um, There's a lid for every pot. Every but, joke, uh, every joke is gonna find someone that likes them. The jackalope
1: was the running thing in America's Funniest People. Fast as fast can be, you'll never catch me.
2: It was it was such a hodgepodge of just <laughs> just random shit on that show. Was- What was was the Jackalope videos like someone had a Jack
1: like a taxidermy Jackalope and made things and then sent them in and then Dave Coulier, host of the show, did a voiceover like was the person was a person getting free labor from Dave Coulier just by making Jackalope videos. I don't or know. Or was Dave Coulier involved in I need to do an article about the history yes. of the Jackalope.
2: That's a decider article I don't want to read, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Thank you. I
1: don't know if you can stream Americas Funniest People anywhere.
2: I should look at that. I don't know up. if it, like did that ever get like a video collection. Like that's one of I those phones that I don't just think it penetrated. Like, the it's culture. it's kind of funny that like Dave Coulier was all over everything <laughs> back in like, the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And Alanis Morissette ruined that career. I, but that's I don't know if it's a, if it ruined his career, because like his career did kind of like he's it, still doing stuff. The times but, changed. The, the times, time's, changed. times are changed. But the availability of the stuff that he was doing, do you remember like what was it was out of control? He did out oh, of control, no. like a Nickelodeon show mm. and then he, then he got on Full House and then he got on America's Funniest People. This was like riding the wave. And then he was doing like a like a ventriloquist act with a beaver puppet. Yeah, the beaver puppet. For like a while and then it's just like that stuff is the only thing stuff you can find is Full House. Yeah. Which of course was like I'd say it was the high point
1: which was the the pinnacle of his career. Um, The NBC Monday Night lineup that this aired as part of uh, was Fresh Prince followed by an episode of Parenthood and then the TV movie Thanksgiving Day starring Mary Moore and Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis? Which I need to find this movie Thanksgiving Day because first of all there aren't that many Thanksgiving movies.
2: You know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I am going to look up Thanksgiving Day to tell you what Thanksgiving, if I can spell it right, day starring Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, this was a new film.
1: Yeah, it debuted that night. It debuted. There was a big Uh, ad in the Tennessean for it that I saw. Mary Tyler Moore.
2: It seems like It's a comedy. Sonny Bono, Morton Downey Jr., Tony Curtis. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the other names. I it's five point six stars out of ten on IMDb. Sixty nine people yeah, watch it. It's an hour and a half. It's a lighthearted spoof about a dysfunctional upper income family who yeah. have to come to <laughs> terms with family and business problem around the named holiday.
1: It seems like it's just here's a movie about family at Thanksgiving, which is the most bland thing ever. But I want to watch it. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust this. I, I think. I, I think I can get down with the vibes that it's giving off. I like that eighty nine ninety
2: vibe. Got Tony uh, Curtis. You know.
1: Uh, what are you watching on Monday night? That this is airing at uh, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central for me um, on ABC. We have an episode of MacGyver. Uh, MacGyver goes undercover as a field hand when he... Sus- <laughs> <laughs> MacGyver okay. goes undercover as a field hand when he suspects grape growers who may be using illegal pesticides murdered a labor organizer. <laughs> NBC. Fresh Prince Will's visiting mom coerces Vivian into canceling the cater Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, CBS. Evening Shade. The, uh, the townspeople help tutor the football team so they will not be barred from playing. And I'm taking a B reel, because I'm being real. This is what we're doing instead of Twitter now. I don't know. Um fun. Uh CBS evening show. The townspeople help tutor the football team to so they will not be barred from playing. And on Fox is running hairspray, which uh the the TV guide describes as a pleasantly plump teenager, teaches 1962 Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. So are you watching grape growers who may be murderers on MacGyver, the Fresh Prince episode we watched, uh, the townspeople tutoring of the football team on Evening Shade or Hairspray? Uh,
2: the, the, the part of me that wants to be a hipster is going to say Hairspray, but I probably won't have the I probably know I won't have the attention span to watch the entire thing with commercials, mm, movie. so I'll probably watch Fresh Prince.
1: Oh, you're not going to watch to see if those grape growers were up to something sinister? They probably were. Why else would MacGyver be there?
2: God. no! everything's ship shape around here. This is the problem
1: nowadays that we do not have these. You got to make 24 to 26 episodes of an hour long show a year because you think if MacGyver comes back as an eight episode Hulu original, he's going to do an episode about grape growers. I don't think so. He's probably going to be after one villain for eight episodes.
2: I would say I would eat I would love the shit out of 24 episodes of Evil each lasting as long as they do because that show is amazing
1: or, I mean, oh, well, I am glad people were like, andor has 12 episodes. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is what is good about television. That's <laughs> if what you, you actually need. make 12 episodes, then 12 episodes. She Hulk, nine.
2: Amazing. Give me 24. Asaf Manvi and Evil has a demon girlfriend and a girlfriend that's actually two people. What? I love <laughs> this show. <laughs>
1: Okay, you see see that Um, on uh, IMDb, 800 Fresh Prince fans. It's a lot. uh, Gave this episode a 7.2, which I'm calling shade. This is easily. 8.8, 8.9 for me. I mean, I think this is a five star Thanksgiving episode.
2: I'd go at least 8.5. I think it was it was fantastic. The jokes are the jokes are good. The jokes hit. I mean, it might be a
1: season one old house kind of like, you know, bias of like, oh, I don't like the season one episodes because they weren't in the, the right house. And so therefore you rank all of the season one episodes low, maybe. I don't know. Nah. But I'm like, nothing um, must Garbage. see performance of this episode. I always have to go with Jeffrey Jeffrey. Jeffrey uh, and I, just amazing. Yeah nothing I, I always have to go with hillary i think i just i just love I mean, also he's like will is amazing in this episode and and i will say i love viv and vi's dynamic they feel like sisters
2: and i like I mean, that i kind of have to say that like as great as alfonso alfonso ribero is in in so many of these episodes oh, yeah he's he was back seated in this he was yeah. he did not get much screen time or line
1: and he they tried to give him the plot with the teacher and that didn't even really go anywhere and um i think ashley got funnier lines ashley who doesn't do that much usually but that whole like let's take it to jeffrey's room he knows what to do <laughs> <laughs> that still is great uh, uh, and, um, yeah, so I'm going to say Hillary, uh, most other people see this episode. I think this is an essential Thanksgiving episode
2: to watch. I would say it's a, it definitely an essential Thanksgiving episode. I, I don't know if it's an essential Fresh Prince episode, but you know what? If you have never seen Fresh Prince before, jump in on it. It's yeah, great. Yeah. It's on HBO yeah, max. It's the all, all six, five or seasons. six seasons are streaming. It's
1: six. Cause it's three with original Viv and three with new Viv. Uh, I see, and I think NuViv
2: does has like one more episode in the total count. Um, well, I I have nothing but good things to say about Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I remember it. I remember the first episode. I remember watching the first episode. Um, the show changed over time. It, it's you can't do the fish out of water forever. Especially when you're talking about, like, like six years
1: of... They go through high school. I think it ends with them in college, maybe? Um, I know Will gets, like, serious girlfriends.
2: Uh, Will's
1: dad comes back at one point in an amazing episode. Like, just a lot of good stuff.
2: Played by the great Ben Vereen.
1: Yes, right. Broadway star.
2: Uh, Uh, He he only did one episode. Uh, His dad was always kind of this, why don't you love me? And that's... Yeah, that 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 one scene. That one scene. Oof. Um, That's... uh, Um, If you do want to see something bizarre and hilarious, look up on YouTube, Fesh Fesh Pints of Blair. (laughs) It is a 22 minute long, like a full episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, just with a whole bunch of crappy video editing techniques that just I could not stop laughing at just because it's it's you know lines are du- lines are dubbed in weird places characters speed up and slow down and it's just in episodes are it's kind of mashed <laughs> together in this bizarre bizarre plot it was so much fun i'm glad i'm so glad that you suggested fresh prince of bel-air for this episode because i had just watched fesh Prince of blair <laughs> and uh it was fantastic
1: And if you want something completely different, watch Bel Air on Peacock, which is the dramatic retelling of the Fresh Prince show, which I covered for work. So I've seen all of season one and it wasn't as misguided or bad as I assumed it would be. I I got kind of invested, although the first episode is hilarious because... It is literally the theme song beat by beat, but done as a drama. Like literally a cab pulls up and there is dice in the mirror. Like it, <laughs> they really hit. And like I think at one point, like Will even says, I just got into a little fight and my mom got scared. Like... You gotta play the hits. Yeah, right, it is uh, very funny that they're doing it so seriously, but it's still it's fun. Um it's a oh, yeah. it's an interesting show. Uh that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Um, where can people find you on the internet to wish you uh tidings of great joy?
2: Well, That's not on Christmas. Twitter. Uh, no. check me out on Instagram, EthanK55.
1: Yeah. And you can How follow you, Brett? you can you can follow me on uh, Instagram at, at Brett White. You can follow my drag uh, exploits at, at Barb Hardley, where if you uh, well if you go to at Brett White, you will see a sneak preview at two of Barb's Christmas looks, which I will probably be wearing on this very podcast as soon as we get into the Christmas episodes. I hope so. Um, because they're amazing. Uh, and you can uh, read the words that are right at decider dot com. I Oh God, yeah. I don't have any Thanksgiving TV content, so sorry. <laughs> That's not. It's <laughs> Christmas already, and it's been Christmas for me since the second to last week of October for, for because it. of these because of these movies. Um. So, uh, and everyone, please, uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at, at Must Have Seen TV, but you know I rarely log into them because uh, there's a lot going on. Um, and Twitter's. The whole thing. Uh, you can rate and review the
2: show. Yeah, leave us comments. Leave us comments, and we will read them here, and we will comment yes. on them, and thank you for them.
1: We did get two more. We're now at sixty-eight uh, star ratings, and we were at sixty-six for a long time. We're now at sixty-eight. No more written reviews, though, on iTunes. But I, I applaud the whoever left uh star ratings. I do not know what ratings they were left. I'm going to assume five stars. So I accept nothing less. Uh, but please uh, rate and review, and we'll read the review on the air if it's a good one um and if it's a bad one make it really bad so that there we can read it uh, <laughs> um you can also email it at mu- uh, must have seen tv at gmail.com uh and you can uh d- 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 love yourself and treat yourself very well during this holiday season i didn't have anywhere where that sentence was going so i just took it there um yeah that's about it uh thanks to a for hosting the podcast thanks to everyone for listening and also watching on youtube if you want to um, and if you are interested in like a live streaming event or something, Christmas is coming up. That seems like a good time to do one. And if you've listened <laughs> this far into the podcast, make a note to talk about this at the beginning of the podcast. God damn it. Um, Let us know. We can figure something out. Uh, Bye everybody.
0: Yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact